and welcome to an interview with podcast series from the Social Investment Business. I'm Charlie and I'm here with Nick and today we're talking to Kate Bull, co-founder of The People's Supermarket. Kate, can you briefly explain the business model for The People's Supermarket? The business model for our supermarket is exactly what it says on the tin. We are a supermarket, which means that we basically sell food to customers. Behind that, we're actually set up as a cooperative, a members cooperative, which is governed by the IPS legislation. The IPS legislation is incredibly archaic and frustrating set of rules to work towards because initially they were set up in 1844. Bits of them haven't changed since. Um, But for us, that means that we have people who join us as members. They pay us £25 a year, so they get a 10% discount and a democratic say in how the shop should run, where we should do with our surpluses, products that we sell, anything to do with the shop. But they also have to give us four hours of their time a month. So it's sort of a a give and take, um, and that's the fundamental core of our business model. You don't have to be a member to shop, and if if you're just an ordinary consumer who comes in and buys something from us, you obviously pay full price whereas the members get their discount at 10%. Can you briefly explain your role in setting up the business? Yeah, sure. I met Arthur Potts-Dawson, who's the other co-founder, just under three years ago now. And Arthur is well known for being a chef, an eco-entrepreneur, looking at different ways of using food to promote healthy eating and to create sustainable businesses. I am a retailer, through and through. I love it. I love selling things, I love buying things, I love trading things. One of the things that happened is that Arthur and I came together and we actually realised that there was a different way of doing business, a different way of selling food and trying to improve not only the immediate buying community but also the farming community and that's what drove us to it. It's actually we came together to make a difference where we could. Do you think this model is one that other businesses not, that are not supermarkets could follow as well? I'd like to think so. I think the key to us is we actually had a very successful mainstream economic model. You know, you think of a Tesco as a supermarket, it's incredibly successful. I think the problem comes is if you are saying we want to recreate another economic model, but one that isn't successful, because it's not successful for a reason, because in the commercial world, if they could make it a success, they would do. Yeah. So if you all of a sudden you decide to make something and you can't make it, it's not a success out there, then actually to do it on this model means you've got to be twice as good, twice as fast as outside. And that's often quite difficult in the volunteer sector to have that amount of energy, that amount of inspiration. So it's not just hard work, it's actually having that understanding of how things work financially and economically. What do you think is the benefit of having members over volunteers or paid employees? Well, we actually have a mixture of the three, but what our members do is they have a real passionate passion for what we do. They are our ambassadors. 75% of our members live locally. We don't have a car park, we don't have a bus on a direct bus route, so you have to walk here. Our members are our community, and they actually start to interact with other people in their community. And that starts to gel us together. So we have just under a 1,000 people that actually, by wearing a yellow T-shirt, feel at home with somebody else in their neighbourhood, people they've never met before. And that is one of the real benefits for us. When you were launching the People's Supermarket, is there one thing that you think you got absolutely right? Apart from the yellow T-shirts, which are an instant hit, I think the thing that we got absolutely right was understanding that there is a desire for people to take control of where their food comes from and how it's provided to them. And that we have been incredibly surprised 
at how passionate people become when they understand a bit more about the food supply chain. So on the television it famously showed Frankie and his curly cucumbers, which is just great. But what it actually did was connect a thousand people with actually a farmer and understanding what were the pressures on his business. And that has then led to people starting to ask where their food comes from. And that's what I think we've got absolutely right. And on that same token, was there one thing that you feel you got absolutely wrong? One of the things that we got absolutely wrong was we didn't have enough money. And that has meant that to stand still has been incredibly painful. We have not been able to maximise our sales. We have not been able to do some of the outreach work that we want to do. But it almost comes to the point where sometimes you have to jump off that cliff just to get things started and what I would have liked to have done is perhaps not jump so far because it has distracted us Arthur and myself from being able to do some of the things we wanted to do. Obviously the people's supermarket is slightly in line with the whole big society agenda what does the phrase big society mean to you? I have to say I'm still not quite sure what the phrase big society means for us it's an inclusiveness that's what big society means so anybody can come in anybody can be a member and you are accepted and the reason why you're accepted is because your desires of you want to take part and make a difference in your community so you're not prejudged you're not selected you are just here and that is enough to actually make people want to work with you so i think the big society for me is actually generating that feel of I can take control of my actions, I can be part of something I choose to be part of, I can enjoy meeting and working with people, and actually this is where I live, and I'm sort of staking my claim. What are your ambitions for the People's Supermarket? My immediate ambitions for the People's Supermarket, I'm smiling because I actually have this debate with a number of ex-colleagues in the commercial sector. They say to me, so when are you going to open the chain? When are you going to have 12 of them? When is you going to do 30? And you sit there and you go, well, hang on a minute, we're not even a year old. I'd quite like this one to be economically secure. And then really, we sort of throw out the rule book because the next people's supermarket, the look, the feel, the, the way it operates, will actually be reflective of its community. So although we can offer them a yellow T-shirt, although we could offer them the branding, although we could give them the, the lessons learnt how to do it book if it was set up in Hull it would be the people's supermarket of Hull the replication of the chain is totally different from how you would say you would replicate a Tesco's or a Marks and Spencer's and that is where the rule book starts to change and so I do have people saying to me we think it's a fantastic idea we'd like to lend you millions to go and open more but that's not the point a a community has to want us to come in want it enough for it to be theirs that they are prepared for a thousand of them to get out of bed and to come and do four hours and also the things that you would say about opening a chain again you throw away because we actually thrive and succeed on inefficiency because we succeed because we give everybody something meaningful to do not that we have reduced the number of jobs for people to do when I was talking to a venture capitalist about it he actually physically tore up his sheet because he started off saying we could open up a distribution centre we could get some self-checkouts in we could actually do a central printing and I'm like no, 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 no. 
that's not what we're about. This is about bringing it in, yeah, not ripping the heart out of high streets. And so it's a quite an interesting dilemma. And I really do think the creation of a franchise, which is the only word we currently have for the next branch, we need to find a new word because I don't know what it is. We have to remember it is reflective of the needs of the community that it ends up in. And obviously the Channel 4 series, how's that exposure helped you as a small business to go to the next level? Well, the, totally. We would not be as successful as we are today without that television exposure. It's quite interesting because some people say, oh, well, you shouldn't have done that because, you know, we're a worthy social enterprise. But if I bring it back to first base, we have to be commercially sustainable. If you were an Asda or a Sainsbury's and somebody went in and said, we'd like to offer you a four-part documentary of you setting up a new store, do you think they'd turn it down? No. So why should we turn it down? This is where I get incredibly frustrated about our sector. What we should be doing is taking the best that other people do, exploiting it to do the best for our communities. What we do is we have a conscience with what we do. We actually try and do it slightly differently, and this is the royal way. That's what social enterprise is all about. The statement is, it's not making the profit, it's what you do with it at the end of it that counts. And that's why we need to start thinking about making more profit, making more surpluses, driving more inefficiencies so we can employ more people in, rather than cutting out down the amount of people we employ. That's what we should do, is to actually turn the model on its head. Well, now we've come to the quick fire question round. So we're going to ask you a series of questions and you just answer the first thing that comes into your head or your preference. Okay. Supermarket or corner shop? The people's supermarket. (laughs) (laughs) This is my corner shop. Hot tea or iced tea? Hot tea. Fair trade or organic? Fair trade. Chocolate or flowers? I like flowers, actually. From the people's florist, of course. Summer or winter? Can I say spring? Sunglasses or sun hat? Sunglasses. Early bird or night owl? I'm a 24-7 person. <laughs> I own neither of those. I survive on about four or five hours sleep a day. That actually concludes our interview with Kate Bull. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Don't forget to check our website, www.thesocialinvestmentbusiness.org forward slash an interview with and our Twitter feed at The Social Invest for the next instalment of the podcast series. And you can find out more about the People's Supermarket at www.thepeoplesupermarket.org or follow them on Twitter at the TPS London. Thank you. Thank you.